I do want to start out with just a, a little story uh, before we dive in. Uh, there was a man named Ivan McGuire, and he was a professional skydiver. And by the time he was 35 years old, he had made over 800 jumps and worked as a skydiving instructor. Uh, so on April 5th, 1998, he made his third jump of the day uh, filming another instructor and a student who jumped from 10,500 feet. So uh, he was actually, he jumped out as well and was filming this instructor and this student. Uh, but when Ivan attempted to deploy his parachute, um, he made a tragic mistake or discovery. He had forgotten to put his uh, parachute on. And uh, so his fatal accident illustrates one of the common mistakes uh, made by full-time Christian workers, whether they're pastors or missionaries or uh, whoever they may be. Uh, while engaged in this work of pointing others to Christ and, and uh, sharing their faith and, and pastoring and, and, and all that they're doing, uh, sometimes missionaries and ministers neglect to personally uh, appropriate that truth that they're teaching to others to their own lives. Uh, and so to use the words of the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 9.27, we need to make sure that we're taking care of ourselves uh, spiritually, uh, or like Paul says, lest having preached to others, uh, we become disqualified. And so as I was preparing this, uh, again, as I mentioned, you know, my mind was going in several different directions. Uh, so what do I want to talk about as it relates to the missionary spiritual life? And uh, who will I have in this seminar? Will it be you know, missionaries, will it be pastors, will it be uh, people who are interested in missions or who are interested in knowing how to pray for uh, missionaries and their pastors and workers. And so um, what I've done is I prepared something and hopefully that will, um, uh, something, what I say will, will be a benefit for, for all of us who, who are here this afternoon. So, uh, and some of what I will talk about, uh, and we'll see if this works, if not, um, I'll just have to, okay. Uh, some of what I will talk about comes from these two books. Uh, one is called The Mind of, of Missionary by David Jonas, and uh, the other is Journey With Me, Spiritual Formation for Global Workers uh, by Herbert Lamp. And some other things that I mentioned will come from just, you know, what I have learned over the years uh, and am still learning uh, as, I, as I study and prepare for different things. So there's a common misconception uh, that missionaries are, or, or pastors, are these super spiritual uh, superheroes, no? And, uh, and, but missionaries are not any more spiritual or any less spiritual than any other Christian, or they shouldn't be, uh, uh, because uh, as Christians, all of us, uh, need to be striving to, to have a, a good relationship with, with Christ. Uh, and so missionaries are just you know, regular people who have the desire to serve God overseas and share the gospel with those who have never heard. Now, they, they do have to have extra training, extra preparation in order to be prepared to minister cross-culturally. Um, you know, they should be lifelong learners as we all should be because, uh, of course, you know, missionaries are uh, constantly learning the language, the culture, the history of the people that, uh, to whom they are serving, as well as how to best contextualize the gospel in order to reach uh, people uh, for Christ. So while, uh, but let me go on and say, but while missionaries 
uh, you know, may or may not be more spiritual than anyone else. Uh, many times they need to be more spiritually attentive to what's going on around them because uh, they need to make sure they're staying close to, to the Father because they're facing spiritual darkness and, and the attacks of the enemy. They're going into an enemy territory that Satan has had a hold on for so long and doesn't want to relinquish. Uh, and so they're going to suffer uh, more spiritual attacks because they're trying to uh, reach people with the gospel in an area that uh, many times has been unreached. Uh, and um, many times missionaries uh, uh, or even your pastor, they may feel lonely. Uh, they, uh, they may be all alone uh, because they're the only ones there. And, uh, and because they're constantly ministering to other people, that's their, if you want to call it their full-time vocation, their full-time job, they're constantly ministering to other people. There's a danger uh, that they are going to dry up spiritually. And so for them, they have to be extra intentional about spending time with God, about making time with God uh, for their own spiritual well-being. Uh, so one missionary said it this way. Uh, he said, uh, I think that the spiritual life of a missionary is a determining factor in longevity and successful outreach on the field. The metaphor that I would use would be a soldier at war rather than in peacetime. On the battlefield, the weapons for warfare, the training, and the supply chain are all keys to success. The soldier is constantly aware of every move and sound because his very life depends on it. In peacetime, there is still the need for awareness, but fewer threats are out there. On the field, the missionary is literally on the front lines of the battle, and at times it seems is under unrelenting, constant attack. I would say that the spiritual disciplines that the missionary practices are the things that keep the missionary fueled and ready for battle. Therefore, the missionary's spiritual life is of great importance. Um, and so, but today, uh, not all of you, uh, some of you here, uh, are missionaries or are going to be missionaries or, or cross-cultural workers, and, uh, but some of you aren't. But I would say, though, that even if you're here, you know, whether you're going to minister uh, across cultures, uh, have to learn another language, uh, or whether you're, you're not going to, uh, whether you're just going to stay here in the States, uh, all of these things that I'm going to share this, uh, this afternoon are very important. Um, you can still benefit from these ancient paths or these spiritual disciplines that we're going to look at. So uh, whether you're a global servant or a servant in your hometown, God desires uh, for all of us to have a rich relationship with him. Uh, so uh, I want uh, you to participate this afternoon some, and so I'm going to ask uh, some questions and, uh, and feel free uh, to participate and to answer. So uh, the first um, Ministry life is not easy, and uh, if you've been involved in ministry, you know that. Uh, and many missionaries and pastors uh, want to quit. Sometimes they do quit, uh, but the, the temptation is always there. Uh, so uh, just thinking about just what you do. Uh, it doesn't have to be ministry-related, but just what you do. Uh, what makes you want to quit? What are some things that you face that makes you want to quit? It could be in school, could be, you know, in, in work, you know, whatever it is, so. I think in general, not seeing results. All right, not seeing results, the results that you want to see. Good. What else? Uncertainty. Uncertainty. You're not, yeah, you're, you don't know what the future holds, and so that's scary. That's scary, yeah. What else? 
return. Yes, you're, you're given, you're, you're, you're you know, pouring out your heart and, and trying to minister and you're not, you know, and people are not accepting that or, um, yeah. Anything else? Well, when that happens, what do you do? Is there anything that you do to, to help you through that? Okay. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Regrouping, and just thinking about you know what you know who who am I serving right uh, or why am I doing this? Yeah. What else? Anything? Right, yeah, uh, we're, um, of course, we're all in this together, or also, uh, you know, other people realizing what other people are going through, and that may be uh, why, uh, of course, if it's someone you're ministering to, why they're lashing out at you, or why they're not accepting, uh, things like that, so, all right, anything else? So, whatever these temptations or these problems or these frustrations or difficulties or sicknesses in, that, that you're dealing with in your own culture, um, they increase quite a bit uh, when, you're, uh, when you go cross-culture. Uh, and so uh, everything, no matter what it is, when you, when you go to another culture, something that's different from what you're used to, uh, all these pressures, all these difficulties are, are going to increase. Um, and, uh, and so cross-cultural workers routinely face stress resulting from, from all these things, uh, from cultural adaptation, uh, language learning, team conflicts, uh, ministry cha challenges, marital uh, struggles, personal struggles, issues with children, um, you know, all of these things that are difficult for us in our own culture increase uh, by a lot when you're in another culture. And so uh, we have to be ready uh, or try to be prepared for all of that. Um, in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, Paul lists over 30 individual stressors that he, re that he encountered, things that in his ministry he encountered that, were, uh, that stressed him or, or uh, tried to stress him out in his ministry. Things like, uh, remember, um, you've probably read this and, and studied this, uh, whether it's in Sunday school or, or, or heard messages about it, but Paul talking about how, uh, you know, he, he uh, had all these troubles, hardships. Uh, he was beaten, no, uh, no telling how many times. Uh, he was imprisoned more than once. Uh, he had to go through riots. Uh, he was uh, shipwrecked. Uh, all these things uh, that weighed on him in his ministry. But um, when we think about the Apostle Paul, we think of, you know, a, a, lot, of, a lot of us think about uh, him as, you know, like the greatest missionary there was, and we study his life to learn his principles, his methods, uh, how we can uh, emulate him in our own ministries. But uh, as much as he talked about those things, uh, 
how we are to best minister uh, for, for, for Christ, uh, even more, he wrote more about a missionary's or a minister's need for inner spirituality, uh, the importance of that. And uh, he talks more about that than he does about ministry tasks, tools, or resources. And so clearly, the reason Paul was successful in what he did is because he had a close relationship with the Lord and he spent time with him and uh, he did all of these things that we're going to look at um, in, in just a few minutes. So we read in Jeremiah chapter 6 verse 16, uh, God is saying, stand at the crossroads and look, ask for the ancient paths, ask where the good way is and walk in it and you will find rest for your souls. So while these ancient paths or these uh, disciplines are for everyone, as we've already seen, those who minister cross-culturally face some unique challenges in walking in those paths. And so there are certain challenges and obstacles that are specific to uh, the life of someone in ministry, uh, even though we all face them. But we have to be uh, especially attentive uh, if, we're, if we're in full-time uh, Christian ministry. So there has to be a proper balance uh, there has to be a proper balance between ministering to your own soul, to your own self, and ministering to others uh, as well. And so we have to be careful. We have to really watch ourselves and be careful of what we go through. Uh, it's very crucial for missionaries, for ministers, for pastors, because uh, these men and women uh, bear the responsibility of so many other people. If you're a pastor, uh, you are the shepherd of, of uh, a group of people and you're, you're in charge of them. If you're a missionary, uh, you're responsible for uh, trying to reach people with the gospel. And it's a, big, it's a big responsibility. And so while this calling brings many blessings and joys, it also brings unique temptations for us. And familiar, uh, familiarity with spiritual truths can be mistaken for deep, transforming spiritual experience. And so you hear a great sermon and you think, wow, you know, that's great. But, uh, or you're, you're, you're sharing your faith with others and, uh, and that's great, but that's not an excuse for your own personal uh, walk with the Lord. And so, you know, the work is hard, the labor is exhausting, and um, it, easily, it can easily lead to, uh, you know, emotional depletion, physical depletion, discouragement, wanting to throw into the towel, th uh, throw in the towel. And I always say that uh, for me, uh, it is more tiring and more exhausting for me to preach a sermon on Sunday morning uh, than it is for me to do hard labor, if you want to call it that. Uh, and so it's just something about that it's just, it's just really exhausting, exhausting. And so, uh, you know, on Sunday afternoons, and, and probably a lot of uh, people who preach or, or, or minister will tell you this, that it's just, you know, it's just physically and mentally draining. Um, and, uh, and so there's also the, this uh, aspect of spiritual warfare, like I, like I mentioned. And then there's uh, the temptation of, uh, you know, pride. Uh, you know, you, um, if you're a missionary, you go to another field and you may start comparing your culture to their culture and you might say, uh, you know what, you know, because, because you get frustrated and you say, oh, my culture is a whole lot better than their culture. Uh, or uh, you're a pastor 
and you see the church down the road and it's growing and you may not think your church is growing and and so you uh, you start comparing yourself to others and then uh, you know Satan is working overtime to destroy the lives of leaders because of because of the unique responsibility they have of uh, reaching others and so we're commanded to watch or to guard our hearts and this means that our predominant focus it doesn't matter who we are but all of our, our focus should be on Christ and, uh, and what he wants for us and instead of on, on other things um, and, and, and ourselves. And so missionaries and ministers and all of us, we must never forget that apart from Christ, we can do nothing. Uh, but when we abide in him and his word abides in us, then we're able to bear much fruit and do great things for God. Uh, and so... Uh, as, I've already, as I've already mentioned, this seminar is, is important for all of us. Uh, but, and so I think this statement is important for all of us because uh, all of you know what the Great Commission is. Uh, uh, go into all the world and preach the gospel to, to everyone. And that, and that Great Commission is for all of us, whether we're missionaries or pastors or whoever we are. Um, and uh, we all have this responsibility. But to fulfill the Great Commission, we must go deeper than good guidelines and best practices. To properly meet the needs of global ministry or any kind of ministry, we must attend to our own hearts first. Uh, and so out of the overflow of what we have in our lives that comes from our relationship with God, uh, we have this abundance uh, and that we're able to share with others. Uh, and when we're spiritual empty, we can only take from others. Uh, when you don't have a right relationship with Christ, you can't really give, you can only take. Uh, but when we are abundantly full, we have much to offer uh, other people. Uh, it's like 2 Corinthians 9, 8, Paul says, And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. That sufficiency that comes from Christ, when we have that, we're able to abound in every good work and we're able to take what we have and share it with others. One missionary couple um, who are on the field, they're in a hard area. They said that talking about the spiritual life of a missionary, they had this to say, for us, it's about getting as close to Jesus as possible. We need our time alone with God each day. If we're not full of joy and full of love, we have nothing to offer. We have to stay filled. That's why we will fight for our time alone with God. Uh, so that they are able to minister to others. So, uh, so today, uh, you know, we want to talk about that, that uh, soul care, taking care of ourselves so that we can minister to others. You remember the story about Mary and Martha in the Bible with Jesus, how Jesus went to their house, and uh, what was Martha doing? You remember? What did, what did Scripture say that Martha was doing? Do what? Cooking, serving, taking care of everyone, right? Making sure that everyone had what they needed. She was serving. And, uh, and it says that Mary was what? Sitting at the feet of Jesus, right? And, and so, uh, and uh, it's not that Martha was doing a bad thing. We're servants. We're called to serve other people. And uh, we have to serve other people. We need to serve other people uh, and help them. But uh, Martha was so busy serving everyone else that she wasn't taking time just to be with Jesus and to refill uh, her life so that she could better serve. And then Mary, but Mary was doing that. And, uh, and so 
a lot of times that's what we do. We're so busy uh, helping and serving other people that we're not taking care of ourselves. And we may think, well, isn't that selfish if we're thinking about ourselves? Uh, well, if you're always thinking about yourself, that may be selfish, but we have to think about ourselves uh, and take care of ourselves uh, because that's when we can serve other people. So uh, here's a question. Um, what tends to emerge in your life or what tends to happen when you disregard the needs of your soul, when you don't take care of yourself? What, what are some things that can happen? Do what? Okay, you can become exhausted. Physically, spiritually, emotionally. What else? Yes, it can cause resentment, right? Because, uh, because you, you feel like your needs aren't being taken care of. Anything else? Uh, many times, uh, missionaries and, and Christian workers and pastors feel like they have to constantly be serving. Uh, because um, one thing that my wife always said um, as, as a missionary is she felt like she was inside a house with a window and everyone was looking at her. Uh, and everyone was constantly uh, looking at her and what she was doing. Uh, and so as, as missionaries or as, as, as ministers, you know, we feel like we have to constantly be serving or ministering or sharing the gospel or being with people because that's what's expected of us. And that's, what, that's who we are and that's what we're supposed to be doing. Um, and uh, also when you get to the field, uh, for those of you who will be going to the field, uh, you know, another thing that's, uh, that, that puts a lot of pressure on you is um, sometimes it takes all day to do one thing, uh, whether it's paperwork or whether, um, and some of you I know are saying, well, it takes all day to go to the DMV here in the States. Uh, and, but, you know, that's just a, but, uh, but, you know, and so you feel like all this pressure and uh, this stress. Um, and so a lot of times, uh, there's that temptation to leave off our time with God, spending time with God because we're so busy and we have to do this, 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 and this. And uh, I find myself thinking sometimes, whew, I get up in the morning and I say, oh man, I got a, a day full of stuff to do. And, uh, and so, you know what, it would just, you know, because I'm so busy today, uh, maybe I should just put off my Bible reading or my time with God. Not a good idea. Uh, and so, uh, but uh, so under this prolonged or intense stress, um, our spiritual lives often suffer because we're trying to compensate by working harder, taking away the time to care for ourselves physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And as we're caring for the souls of those to whom we are ministering, we can't forget our own souls. Like Proverbs 4.23 says, um, above all else, guard your heart, watch your heart, take care of your heart. For it's the wellspring of life, the wellspring that you know bubbles up and pours over. Uh, that's our heart, and if we're not taking care of our heart spiritually, uh, then it becomes dry. Uh, so self-care is foundational, and and it's a critical component component of longevity and success for the global service servant. It takes intentional practice in order to restore, refresh, relax, and regroup. Um, and as we'll see. 
It's okay to take some time and relax and to recover and to refresh ourselves. Dallas Willard says it this way, your soul is that aspect of your whole being that correlates, integrates, and enlivens everything going on in the various dimensions of your heart, of yourself, the heart, the mind, the body, social and relational aspects of your being. Your soul is running your life at any given moment. Our soul is like an inner stream of water which gives strength, direction, and harmony to every other element of our life. When that stream is as it should be, we are constantly refreshed and exuberant in all we do because our soul itself is then profusely rooted in the vastness of God and His kingdom. And all else within us is enlivened and directed by that stream. Um, you know, reservoirs, um, does it, do any of you live near a reservoir? Um, and well, reservoirs are important in providing life-given water to an area. Usually what happens is these reservoirs are to, guard, or to, to collect water and then that water is then distributed to, uh, to an area. Well, in California, uh, you may have heard, you know, uh, different places go through different droughts at different times, but in California, the Lake Orville was extremely, dangerously low in 2021 because of a lack of rain. And it was almost completely dried up. Look at it. Uh, very little water. And this was water that provided for this area. And, and so there was a water sh shortage in the area. But now, uh, because of lots of rain and because of the snow coming down from the mountains filling the reservoir, I mean, just look at the difference. Same place. And now, because uh, of all the rains that it received, it's filled to capacity, and it's now able to provide water once again to that region. Um, once Christian spirituality revolves around the axis of knowing and loving Christ intimately, having a, a, uh, a good relationship with Him, and then serving Him with passion. But sometimes we confuse the two. Sometimes we confuse the order of this process by placing uh, our hands before our heart, our service before our relationship with God. And so we can become too, we can move too quickly in the ministry and uh, only giving lip service to our relationship with Christ. And when, and when that happens, we become like that reservoir uh, that we saw in the first picture, empty, unable to provide life-giving water to those who are thirsting. And so the, this priority uh, is, is very, uh, very important. Uh, so, uh, so what are these ancient paths? We read that verse in Jeremiah, uh, look for the ancient paths and walk in them so that you can find rest for your souls. What are these ancient paths uh, that help us uh, find rest for our souls? Um, well, the first thing is the importance of knowing who we are and whose we are. Uh, I think if you are in truth and peace, you probably hear this a lot, uh, talking about your identity uh, in Christ and uh, the importance of knowing who you are. It's not what uh, your social media says that you are or your friends say that you are, uh, it's who you really are. Eugene Peterson, who was a pastor and author, said this, the most important thing we do as pastors or missionaries really any of us, uh, the most important thing we do is who we are. Not what we do, 
but who we are. That's the most important thing in the eyes of God. And many people and missionaries and pastors are not exempt from this. They try to get their identity from what they do. Uh, that's why if missionaries don't re uh, report an X number of decisions for Christ, uh, or they do this or that, then they feel like a failure, or they feel like they're gonna lose their support. Um, and uh, also, servants of God often feel rejected, unloved, or unrecognized by others. Uh, I think one of you mentioned that uh, in, in the uh, question at the beginning. But think about Elijah. You know, he had, uh, just think, you know, when he was in the desert and uh, he was just so discouraged and, uh, he, you know, his life was threatened and, uh, you know, he thought he was going to be killed. And, and so he was, he, was he was not focusing on his relationship with God, but in all of these things around him. And unless we replace these feelings with the truth of our identity in Christ, we might dry up in our own spiritual lives. And if that happens, we won't have the capacity to serve others uh, because we will be empty ourselves. Uh, so think about this. What is, you don't have to answer this, but just think about this. What is the source of your identity as a child of God, as a Christian? Are your, is your identity rooted in Christ and who he says you are? or is it rooted in all the things that you are doing? Uh, that's an important question that we need to answer. We need to realize that our identity is in Christ and that he loves us no matter what. Uh, and so, uh, so we, that's the first thing, the importance of knowing who we are and whose we are. And then, and some of these things that I will mention today, you know them, uh, but uh, it's always good to be reminded of these things because, you know, Either we forget them or we get too busy. And, uh, and uh, like, I, like I mentioned earlier, like this next one, uh, the importance of spending personal time with God. We get too busy and we say, ah, I'll just leave that off today. Um, and uh, I remember when we first arrived in, in Spain, we were in language school. So we got to Spain, we didn't know the language, we had to go to language school, we were learning Spanish, uh, but immediately we started attending church uh, in Spanish. And so, uh, I remember those, uh, you know, that first, those first few months, you know, we were, we were attending church and, you know, it's all in Spanish. We didn't understand Spanish, weren't getting anything out of it uh, because we didn't understand the language. And, um, and then later on, uh, after we learned a little bit, uh, then we were, uh, you know, we were asked to teach some classes or whatever. And so I remember, you know, I'm taking what limited Spanish I, I know and I'm using a dictionary and I'm trying to to figure out these Bible lessons so that I can teach. And, uh, and so all of this uh, going on, and it would have been easy to say, um, man, I'm just so busy preparing this Bible lesson to teach people uh, to leave off my own personal time uh, with God because I was so busy uh, ministering to, to others. Um, and, um, but in all of our studying, uh, to help people, to minister to people. Uh, we can't forget that reading and studying for our own soul care, our own self-care. Uh, someone said that if the Bible is a source of truth and godliness in our lives, it must be the center of our spiritual disciplines. Uh, and so if it's so important to teach others, then it needs to be that important in our own lives as well. And uh, there, are, there are so many different ways uh, to hear from, from God uh, and, and God's word. Um, 
Would any of you like to share just some things that you do in your personal time with God uh, that you have found that's been really helpful for you in, in studying the Bible, reading it? Again, we can learn from each other. So if you have any tips or, or anything that, that you do, anyone that wants to share? Things that, uh, that you have found that help you be consistent in, in being in God's Word. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. I found that finding some accountability with another brother or sister in Christ to keep each other accountable. How's your daily uh, time with God going? Mm -hmm. That helps me. Yeah. Good. And there are lots of different ways to to hear from God through His Word. You know, reading it, uh, listening to it. Uh, studying it, meditating on it, memorizing it, seeing it, uh, praying it, uh, all of these things. Uh, you know, there's not just one way. Uh, and so, you know, whatever way works for you, uh, what's best. Um, you know, one thing that, uh, that I've been doing lately is something called, um, if I'm pronouncing, pronouncing it correctly, something called Lectio Divina, uh, which is just, you know, taking a passage and, and reading it and saying, okay, you know, and, and it's simple, you know, what is God trying to say, uh, what is God trying to say to me? Uh, you know, what is, what is one thing that I can take from this passage uh, that, uh, that God is wanting to teach me today? Uh, just different things like that. Um, and so, uh, but it's so important just to spend that time with God. Prayer is also uh, very important. Uh, it's important for all of us. It's important for the missionary, of course. But again, and you may know this, but for me, it's one of the most difficult of the spiritual disciplines. Uh, it's just to take time to pray. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, uh, but... And, and many times when we pray, we focus on praying for the needs of those around us. But, but prayer is so much more than that. Uh, prayer is not only about asking God to enhance our ministry, but it's about entering into a full and deeply profound love that involves giving and receiving in mutual dialogue. Uh, a, an author that, that has written a lot about prayer, Andrew Murray, tells us that prayer is foundational to our growth. Waiting in prayer lets us experience the fullness of our salvation, being more about receiving and listening than about speaking. Uh, a lot of times we think about praying and we think about we're talking, we're doing the talking, uh, but it, just as important is listening as well. Um, and prayer draws us near to God. And when we move toward God, we also join him in his love for the nations. Um, and so we must be intentional in our prayer, about our prayer life, as well as praying throughout the day. Pray without ceasing. And we can't forget that a, a, a part of prayer, as I mentioned, is just being silent before the Lord, letting him speak to us. Another important thing that uh, is the importance of reflection. And um, without reflection, we lose the ability to see God working in our lives. 
and so we have to take that time. Without reflection, we lose perspective in regard to our lives and our ministries. Without reflection, we lose the awareness that God is with us and not against us. Without reflection, we lose the sense of joyful delight that each day should bring. And if we're, and if we're not ref- constantly reflecting and allowing God to examine our lives and our motives, we're in danger of not realizing what we're doing wrong or what we may be doing wrong in our lives. If we're not taking some time to just sit and reflect on what we're doing uh, and, uh, and who we are and, and the things that are, that's going on. Uh, so, and, and again, this is something that we have to take time for. Uh, and a, a, good, a good thing to do, a good time to do this is at the end of the day. Uh, the Puritans, uh, you've probably studied about the Puritans uh, more probably for history than for religious sake in a sense, but uh, the Puritans called this process, this process of reflection, uh, preview and review. Uh, and so they, what they would do is they would begin their day by previewing in the Bible, journaling and uh, examining their calendar, what's going on during the day. Okay, what do I have going on today? Um, and focusing on the day ahead. Uh, and inviting, giving everything to Jesus, inviting him to, to work in and through them throughout the day. Uh, but then reviewing happened in the evening, uh, and they spent an equal amount of time at the end of the day noting highlights and disappointments. Uh, again, you know, thinking about, okay, where did I see God working in my life today? Or what good thing did God do? Or is there something that happened today that I should say, who? You know, if that didn't work out so well, I'm going to uh, do better. Uh, and, so, uh, and so then they prayed over situations and relationships that might require further follow-up and action. Uh, and so preview at the beginning of the day, review at the end of the day. Uh, and that, that's what reflection is. Uh, this is something, this next one, um, this next one is, uh, I think is really important, uh, but when we get so busy, this is something that we just forget about a lot of times, the importance of Sabbath. Uh, and when we think of Sabbath, we think of going to church on Sunday, right? Uh, in the Old Testament, it was, you know, Saturday, the Jews had to celebrate. Uh, it was, it's a, it's a, one of the Ten Commandments, right? Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Uh, but we think about, you know, going to church and worshiping, and that's important. Uh, but uh, there's also what's involved in this is, you know, like rest or retreat or solitude. And I mentioned this in the introduction, but there's an extra stress in living cross-culturally. And it can, build it, it can build up this stress and it can break us down if we're not careful and intentional about getting rest and renewal. And so it's easy for uh, missionaries, cross-cultural workers and pastors to think they don't need rest or they don't have time for rest. Um, and, but without that rest and renewal, uh, burnout can occur. Or, um, you know, there's a greater chance that that pastor or that missionary will leave the ministry because they haven't taken time to, re- to rest and renew and recharge. Um, we need to slow down in order to connect with ourselves and with God. The psalmist said in Psalm 46:10, be still and know that I am God. But in our busy world, uh, this is impossible almost, right? Uh, but we have that, for that reason, though, we have to make time to do it. Um, and uh, Jesus did this. Um, you know, when he had just fed the 5,000, Mark writes, immediately he made his disciples get into a boat 
and go on ahead of him. Uh, he made them get away because he knew that they needed time to rest. We also read about Jesus uh, going up onto a mountainside and praying to be by himself, to get away from everything. Um, and uh, he said to his disciples, and, and this applies to us too, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. Uh, and so we need to make sure that we're doing that. Solitude involves um, creating enough uninterrupted distance in a distraction-free environment to be alone with God. And, uh, and so this is so important. Um, Jesus did it. Henry Nguyen, an author, says that without silence and solitude, it's very difficult to live the spiritual life that God wants us to live. Um, and so, uh, and so when you step into a body of water, whether it's a river or the ocean or a lake or whatever, uh, you step into it and what happens? The water gets cloudy, right? Because uh, you're moving around and all the sediment comes to the surface and, uh, and uh, you know, you can't see anything because it's dark uh, and, and dirty. But what happens after you just stand there and not move for a while? All the sediment goes to the bottom and it gets clearer, right? Uh, and you're able to see. Um, and, uh, and so when we spend this time with God, that's what happens. When we get alone with God, when we're quiet, when we, when we have rest, uh, then uh, we begin to see things clearly. And God can renew us and refresh us so that we can help others. So when you set aside time where you disengage from work for rest, um, so here, these, and so that, this, this is a question, again, you don't have to answer these questions out loud, but just think about them. You know, when can you set aside this time where you disengage from work for rest, reflection, and life-giving, and life-giving community? And if you don't make time for it, it's not going to happen. So you need to say, on this day, I'm going to do it. Um, or what can you think about that, or what activities will help you get rest and recovery that you need. And again, these don't have to necessarily be spiritual activities, but just activities to help you uh, unwind. One thing I did in Spain was I tried to work out every day. Uh, and so I would either go to the gym or I would go running or I would go exercising uh, somewhere. And, uh, and just because that, that helps to uh, get rid of the stress. And then of course, you know, we lived at the foot of the mountains and so it was very beautiful nature. Uh, and uh, that helps as well. Getting out in nature, away from everything, uh, away from your phone, away from social media, and just, um, and just rest. Or what, you know, what do you need to do to disengage so that you're able to rest? Uh, so these are some things. And then um, another thing that's important is the importance of community. And uh, this is so important. If you were to take a poll of pastors and missionaries, and probably a lot of us, uh, you would probably be amazed at how many people say that they're lonely, um, that they feel alone. Uh, and, uh, and we need each other in the body of Christ. And while it's true that each of us um, bears individual responsibility for our walk with Christ, we were never meant to journey alone. Uh, as believers, we have a commitment to relate both to Christ and to his church. Um, and uh, you mentioned uh, accountability. And that's part of community. And, um, and so God's clear intent for us to be a part of his body growing together spiritually. And we in the West, 
puts so much emphasis on individuality. It's the individual. We're responsible for ourselves. We're responsible for what we do. And, uh, but in the rest of the world, it's all about community. Uh, it's about everyone else. And if you read the Bible and, and study the Bible, it's all about community as well. God speaks so much more in the Bible about community than he does about individuality. Um, and uh, for example, in the New Testament, there are right at 60 one another passages uh, that talk about love one another, help one another, pray for one another, support one another. Um, that's, just, that's just one indica indicator of the importance God places on community. Um, one thing I'm thankful for of our time in Spain uh, was we had a good team uh, that we worked with and uh, it helped lighten the ministry load. It was encouraging. It was good for accountability, and we were able to do so much more than if we were on our own. Uh, and so the importance of community. And then last of all, the importance of lifelong learning. You know, I know some of you who are still in high school and college, you probably don't want to hear this, but you know, learning doesn't end with graduation uh, from high school or from college or from seminary. Um, when we got to Spain, we had to learn the language. We went back to university to study the culture and the history of Spain. Um, and we attended seminars and classes. Now that I'm back in, in the States and I'm teaching at, at a college, I'm still learning. Uh, and uh, every day I'm learning. And uh, I realize now how much I don't know. Uh, but, uh, but you're constantly learning and it's something that we need to do. And while lifelong learning may include formal schooling though, it also is more than just going to school. It's about paying attention, reflecting, um, and uh, applying the biblical concept of wisdom in our lives and our ministry. So continual learning is, is crucial for the global servant. It's, it's, it's so important for all of us. One of the things I tell my students who are going to do their OA overseas, and uh, a couple of them, uh, if you remember this, uh, is the importance of learning about the people to whom they will be going, learning from them, and learning with them. Uh, and so we're constantly learning. It's so important. When we stop learning, we stop progressing. So uh, we've looked at some of these disciplines, and there are so many more. Uh, if you read some of these books, uh, you know, that talks about so, so many more things. But we've looked at some disciplines that all Christian workers need to have in order to care for their own souls, as well as the souls to whom they are ministering. The other day I took my car in for an oil change. And uh, the mechanic told me that I was a little low on oil. Uh, and so uh, maybe I went just a little bit longer than I should have before I got the oil change. And so it was a little bit oil on, on, low on oil. If I had kept driving that car, what would have happened? All the oil would have gone out and my engine would have locked up and the car would have died. Uh, and as Christian workers, we need preventative care like an automobile so that we're able to function at a high performance and give God the spiritual mileage that he's asking of us. We can't give what we don't have. Uh, and, uh, and so let me encourage you to put into practice these spiritual disciplines. Watch and take care of your soul because you are important to God. Um, you are just as important or more important to God than the work that you do. Um, and uh, unless you take care of your soul, you won't be able to minister to the souls of others. Uh, when you get on an airplane, what do they tell you to do? If something happens, you put on the mask, right? Before you put the mask on uh, other people. And that's, that's the same in our spiritual walk. Uh, 
William Carey is known as the father of modern missions. And before leaving for India, uh, he told another pastor, a pastor friend of his named Fuller, he said, I will go down into the pit if you will hold the ropes. Uh, and uh, so some of you are here today and you know, you're not a missionary or uh, a pastor. And, uh, and so maybe you're wondering what you can do. Well, you can hold the ropes for those uh, who are going. You can pray for them, you can encourage them, you can support them, uh, all of these things. Mother Teresa said, pray for me that I not loosen my grip on the hands of Jesus, even under the guise of ministering to the poor. And so as your pastor and his missionaries that you know are going out and they're ministering, pray that they don't lose their grip on the hands of Jesus, that they continue having that close relationship with Jesus so that they can be more effective um, in reaching other people with the gospel. And so as we think about all of this, uh, I would like to leave all of you with a blessing uh, this afternoon that comes from Ephesians chapter 3 verses 16 through 21. Paul says this, according to the riches of God's glory, may he grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Why? so that you, your life will be what it should be and so that you can take that and minister to others. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen.